Hey, everyone. This podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman by heading over to patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y Unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Sure, we get hyped Hype. about stuff and things. I'm your co-host Tom Ryman. Hypecast. I'm I'm the other co-host David Bell. Uh, and now you. Hello. Yes, I am the guest. My yes. name is Daniel O'Brien. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I hi Daniel. I, I paused a little bit in the beginning because uh, I don't think our our listeners are privy to this, but you guys both do a subtle shift in your voices when the podcast starts because we were talking yeah. be- before <laughs> really? the actual podcast. Yeah, it's not like. You're not doing like '90s radio announcer voice or anything like that, but there's definitely like a professional shift that happens. You have like podcaster voices. That's real cool. Well, it's hypecast. We want to get people pumped up. Yeah. Uh, when we, me we, and Tom, t- we we have to sound like the authorities that we are on hype. Yeah. So right. Otherwise, yeah. no and- one will believe that you're hyped. Precise. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When we when me and Tom do these on our own, it's like. Man, when we stop recording, it's it's dark, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, I'm so sick of you, and then we hang up, and that's it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as soon as we start recording, though, it's like we get possessed. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to sound like hype frauds. <laughs> yeah, we're real pros. How you doing? Yeah, how, how what you, you been? How, how, you, how you doing? I, I've been doing well. I've been. Uh, let's see. I've been running a lot. I've been uh, working on the show that I've been working for for the last couple of years. It's last week tonight with John Oliver. Everybody check it out. Uh, on uh, what's what's that program? I've not heard of it. It's it's um so you know uh, Mortal Kombat on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is uh, one of the other things you can watch if you get HBO Max. If you if if your subscription says you're not allowed to watch Mortal Kombat again. Then, mm-hmm. then, then you fall back on this as like, I, well, I guess I have to, I have to kill time somehow until HBO Max allows me to watch Mortal Kombat again. So I guess I'll watch thirty minutes of a, a a fancy British man telling you about how you're you're recycling wrong. I've not seen nice. the show. That's, I hope that's a fair description of it. <laughs> that's that's a smart that's a smart move. It's a smart move for HBO to put something out specifically to to fill the gap in between hours I spend watching Mortal Kombat. Because sometimes you need a break. Sometimes. 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 Like yeah. every, like every couple of days, I need like a, a break, and that's where Last Week Tonight fits in. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. We're, uh, we're doing great, guys. <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> hey. 
This is uh, thank We're you all right. so much for having me. It's this is again. Thank you for um, doing it again. I'm 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 always kind of scared to ask you to be on shows because I'm always like, well, Dan's too busy. He's not gonna want to do I, anything. I, yeah. I, I that, is, that in his temper. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a more reasonable fear. That's an earned fear. <laughs> I think. I'm I'm never too busy. Like this is. I think I mentioned it the last time that I that you guys had me on this podcast is that uh, I've never been able to substitute. One of my favorite things to do, which is come in at the, the start of every work week and talk to you guys about movies, which is how I started my work week for years and years at our shared old job. And uh, now I, I, there's there's been no uh, outlet for that because the yeah. my my current coworkers don't don't wake up every morning and see what trailers are new and uh, and yeah. then subsequently watch every movie that comes out. It, it, John Oliver famously hates movies too. Absolutely, so that, that must be difficult at the workplace. We, we really did kind of just our pivot with podcasts. We were like, you know, how we talk about movies all the time. What if we just Let's record just, that? If we just record <laughs> it, and then it's fine. And then it's a show. Yeah, I forget that that's like a privilege uh, to just get to bullshit about movies, uh, and people want to listen. Yeah. I mean, we just. We just talked about Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I just like sat down and I was like, Ugh, I have to watch Dirty Dancing for, like for work. like 58 minutes. We talked yeah. a long time about Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I mean, it deserves it. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Dirty Dancing. Uh, uh, yeah. We should probably name some producers. We should probably actually start the show. Okay. All right. We started the show. I mean, it start- It began. All right. Well, we got, we got a new producer uh, this week. Big thanks to Jake. Love it, Jake. Jake. Thank you, Jake. Keeping it nice simple. and easy. Yes, especially because of our next um, <clears throat> patron to thank. Thank you to Numino, Ultra Microscopic, Silico, Volcano, Coniosis, uh, Jones. Thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to the baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Thank you to Chiz Lily Tits. Thank you. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you to Marshall Law. Thank you very much. Thank you to these seven bees. Mm. Uh, thank you to Breezy Ruizy. Thank Listen, you so much. If I if I don't if I go too long without talking, I I start to lose interest in what's happening. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna take some of these all as right. long as that's all right. All right. I know this is your Do house. You it. guys are the dads, but I'm gonna jump in. Uh, and I want to thank personally Davy Francis for the revenge. And I'd also mm. love to thank mm. MVB. Thank you MVB. And mm-hmm. I want to thank Phaedrus. And me, mm-hmm. I want to thank Ryan, the silly money goose, and I also want to thank Chester's prophet, and of course, got to thank definitely not Guillermo del Toro. Definitely not. There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely not him. Um, let me jump in here. Uh, thanks to Brian who Tom knows. Thank you to Bob Grenville. <clears throat> thank you thank to you, Bob. Steven. Steven. Thank you to Down Home Chicken. <laughs> thank you to Han Toomey, the confused cyborg. <laughs> I suppose it could be any chicken sound. They don't specify. It's it, it any, could just it's be pecking. Any chicken. Sound. It could be the, the the shuffling of little chicken feet. We don't know. Yeah, I, I I did some 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 light chicken, and Dave did the unmistakable sound of a chicken thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thinking of asking seven. Uh, thinking of fuck you. I'm happy Ed. Yeah, yeah. Thinking of, I was bored to stare. Thinking of Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Not singing it. Raindrops keep falling on my head, though. Uh, thanks to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you. And thank you to the Kool-Aid Man. Let's get your vaccine. COVID sucks. I have proof. 
Show us that proof, Kool-Aid man. Many of us have proof. <laughs> That's fair. It's out there. Uh, yeah, no, the, it's, all, it's all out there. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about trailers. Let's talk about trailers? All right. Yeah. You guys want to talk about trailers? Sure. Sure. Okay, good. Uh, the first one's for Pixar's Luca. This is uh, this is the mermaid. This is the the movie Spring, but for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, two two mermaids appear to be able to transform into humans. I guess that's mermaid rules. In this movie, that- I suppose I don't think it's like real life. Well, not real life. Thing to say. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's like traditional mermaid rules. No. Uh, that that definitely appears to be the case in this film. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? I, I was mean, very excited for it. I, I, I uh, you know, growing up with, with the Pixar movies, I, I have certainly enjoyed that they seemed to uh, philosophically age with what feels like our age group. And you and they've they've moved from like, what if toys were real? And like, let's let's live with bugs to long, often sad ruminations about mortality and like. Most recently, where does a soul come from and what does that mean and what are our personalities uh, built on? And I really loved sort of growing with these movies. But I also, I find this sort of return to just what looks like a fun fairy tale story. Like, a uh, not to hit a uh, nail too hard on the head, but a, a real fish out of water tale here. Uh, really, Excellent. really lovable and charming. It's like... The, as much as I've enjoyed, again, the evolution of Pixar movies, I don't need to keep going in that direction where uh, I need uh, another, like, sobering meditation on loss or uh, free will. Like, I like that this looks like, at least, it's going to be, what if a fish monster turned into a human and hung out mm. in Italy for a while and met a human girl? And then, like, the, yeah. the, the girl's dad is a fisherman. Like, cool. This is just uh, uh, a fucking fun little fable with monsters, and I'm so happy. I think there, there's, there's room for both Pixar's uh, deep considerations of the soul and what our purpose in life is. And also, what if fish monster and human became friends and had hijinks? You say that. Yeah, you say that, but it's always rolling the dice. Like, I, I agree with you. I'm pretty sure this is going to be like a monsters university situation where they're like we're just doing a kids movie yeah, yeah. uh it, here's it looks fun and delightful. but you never know they tend to they tend to like it it seems easy to tell mm-hmm. because yeah when the when pixar is like we're just having fun versus like this is about souls and you're like oh great yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> gonna be a it's lot like, of it's, fun it's yeah it really is like anytime a new pixar trailer comes you like you see Pixar, like the the studio logo, come up on screen. You're like, oh Christ, this could go <laughs> one Which one is going to go in two directions? Like, the one that onward was the one where they're like, it's a world of like, of like fantasy creatures and also dead fathers. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> you had me for a second. It Pixar. does look like a fun fish monster movie, but you're right. It could, like, it's very possible that. In Act Two of the movie, we sort of zoom out and find the protagonist is just like in an institution drawing pictures of fish monsters, and the doctor's right. like, "Yeah, he's been escaping <laughs> to this fantasy world ever since he fucking killed his sister in that drunk driving accident." Like, oh no! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pulling a scene like, elsewhere on us. Because <laughs> there are like, remember, 
Up wasn't advertised as being a sad movie. No. You don't raise. They just you don't you in the gut see his wife in those trailers. Yeah. <laughs> so when the movie starts and like you see this character come in, I was like, oh shit. so who can really say i will say i really like the humor in this trailer i like the the buddy situation i like his friend that's like just being being a real dickhead yeah uh just being reckless and 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 wild i don't know it 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 does seem like it's just going to be a lot of fun but who the hell knows um also one of them one of them fish monsters is going to eat somebody right like that's they better what else do they yeah. eat? Otherwise, what are we even doing this for? Right. Right. It's about how they we eat them. And so maybe it's them learning that they can eat us. Yeah. Maybe? Now, now the tables have turned. Yeah. Like that cat. Surely they would eat that cat. Uh, they're a fish monster. Yeah, of course. Right. And it's sort of like the uh, the inevitable next step in fish out of water comedies is like, he thinks he's supposed to put the pots and the pans on his head like a hat. Ha ha ha. He thinks he's right. supposed to brush his teeth with soap. Ha ha. Oh shit, he ate the cat. Oh no. Oh, that was our family right. cat. That's, that's, All right. That's like literally the plot of The Shape of Water. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Man. It's weird. Is Okay, here's a here's a question. Are movies about uh uh mermaids? There more there's more movies about us having sex with them than there are like like kids movies about mermaids, right? I don't know, it depends on where you make the like, distinction between those two genres. Well, there's like The Little Mermaid in this, and then there's like Splash, The Shape of Water, The Lighthouse, Spring. I mean, Spring. isn't The Little Mermaid ultimately just about people wanting to have sex with mermaids <laughs> yeah you're right actually that is that is kind of the plot of that yeah i think that's that's uh, that's squarely in the camp of disney is like no one's no one's gonna tell anyone if we make our movie super horny right okay good yeah it's, it's yeah, for kids just, but like we're we all just gonna we're pretend like it's not happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's weird i think this is also i mean they're all disney's pixar's luke luca or Disney's Pixar's blank, but I can't tell what their deal was that they made because it does feel like some of these feel more like we're using our Disney staff and some of them feel more like they're using their Pixar staff, but I'm not actually sure if there is even such a thing anymore for them or if it's all they all mushed together. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. No one's keeping up on the Disney-Pixar merger. I mean, people are just nobody that's on this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. sure I'm sure someone's got a bunch of names <laughs> yeah. written down somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's keeping a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, as long as someone's keeping track of them. Uh, you want to talk about this next trailer, the Tomorrow War? Yeah, we're all set with Chris Pratt, right? Here's here's what I had written in my notes. Uh, okay. Hmm. What do I want from Chris Pratt? It's not this. <laughs> yeah. Just show up, be a Star Lord, and that's it. I think that's it. it and and I, I obviously loved him in in Parks and Rec, and uh, I uh, enjoy him as as Star Lord. He's very fun in that. I think he's like a naturally hilarious person. Uh, I'm thrilled for him that he got yoked. He seems happy, and it's it's given him a lot of career opportunities. But I 
I see him in this movie where he's got his serious face on and he's walking around with a gun and he's pointing at stuff. And it was like, no, nope, this this isn't this isn't the thing that's going to get be- me in a theater. Yeah, that's like the least interesting version of Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. As he doesn't have anything to really offer as the serious character, and he doesn't seem like I don't know. He I never watched Parks and Rec, so I don't have that uh, uh, like uh, wow. affection for him through that. But like he doesn't seem like he seems like someone who's given funny lines versus someone who uh, is a funny person, I guess. But I don't know. Uh, oh, but that's so interesting because I feel I feel yeah, like he, I've uh, like your exposure to this guy is like Jurassic World and the Marvel yeah. movies. Oh boy, you're, you're yeah, you're kind of not really. It's weird. You're seeing like his two biggest projects but that's not really him at his best like in, well, in parks, also the in parks and rec he plays film like this wanted. oh yeah that's true sure yeah it parks I mean, and like rec, he's, he's like this childlike kind of buffoonish character he plays it very well i think i think he is naturally funny it's just he's yeah. getting he's getting movies that use the blockbuster version of that which is like quippy guy or movies like this where he's just stone-faced action guy and that's not only is that the least interesting version of Chris Pratt, I think it's like the least interesting version of any performer is yeah. stone-faced action hero because it's like that's boring. Give us something. You know what? He needs he needs to uh, Sandler out. He needs to act like he's. I've never seen him act, or at least it doesn't feel that way. And what I mean by that, of course, is like do like in like a drama, do something that shows that he has range. Like I guess it's just because he just shows up in these movies. And that's kind of it. And these movies don't like this Tomorrow War. It's called the Tomorrow War. Yeah, right. Uh, and I have no fucking so, idea what it's about, really. It, <laughs> based it on this like trailer, it, would, it it sounds like a poster that you'd see in Thirty Rock. You know, yes. like it looks like just a parody of a sci-fi action starring Chris <laughs> Pratt, uh, just not doing much of anything. Yeah, and it's I don't know. I I it yeah I. <sighs> I don't know. I I don't I don't have anything against him. I just besides Star Lord, uh, he hasn't been in anything that I yeah. felt was any good. But yeah, I don't. They're fighting. They're fighting the enemy in the future. Yeah, like Alien. Mon- it well, it is the War of Tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. whatever the fuck it's called. I've already forgotten what it's called. The Tomorrow War. Tomorrow War. Oh, I'm sorry. Oof, that's but like, that sucks. That's a, yeah. it's a worse title. It's like come. Like everything about this is so extremely bland, and then it's like coming to Amazon Prime. It's like Christ. All right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that it's on Amazon I, Prime because that is, uh, for me personally, historically, um, that's that's the hardest for me to accidentally watch something or to accidentally be confronted with something that I don't feel like watching. Like if I'm on, like Netflix is pretty good about like, hey, you might want this documentary about an art heist and i'm like that all right i'll watch that and hbo similarly but like amazon prime i don't i so despise that interface that i'm i'm almost never interacting with it and it's it's too dumb to just feed me some piece of trash that i wouldn't otherwise seek out so i might go my whole life without seeing tomorrow war which is pretty pretty cool yeah but the synopsis wait till you hear the synopsis that i just looked up which is a man is drafted to fight in a future war 
where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront his past. So mm. there you go. That's huge. Yeah, that can stay a in lot of information. Whatever fucking arcane corner of Amazon Prime they decide to <laughs> yeah. make. There is all right. I did just find another detail that actually is like, oh okay. Uh, it's directed by Chris McKay, who did uh, the Lego movie. Oh, I mean, you can yeah. say he did the Lego Laurel, movie, Laurel. but that's that's a that's a Lord and Miller joint. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Um, he worked on the Lego movie. He he worked on Robot Chicken and um, uh-huh. Moral Oral, but also the the Lego Batman movie, uh-huh. which I guess is a, there's a big difference there, isn't it? He's also going to be doing the Johnny Quest and Nightwing movies. So sure, do with that what you what you will. You know, put that put yeah. that in the old in the old brain. I mean, I never want to step on anyone's success. I believe this person, whom I've just heard of for the first time tonight, uh, worked very hard, and I'm really happy for him. This must be huge for his whole family. But when I I hear the amount of things that he's working on next, I I just feel like we can spread some of this wealth around. Give Johnny Quest yeah. to. There's got to be some other calling my shot here white guy who likes comics and tv who can direct this movie right. for you when this chris right. guy is Surely. busy <laughs> yeah he's busy making sure. tomorrow wars yeah yeah the tomorrow war there's only one war tom yeah i'm gonna watch I this mean, movie until the sequel <laughs> I'm, yeah that's true and then the sequel will be the tomorrow wars yeah, this, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe it's an amazing film. Right now it looks generic as shit. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, all right, let's move on to The Misfits. Uh, speaking of generic, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think of this? The, I didn't see Danzig once. Well, so. the thing that really <laughs> jumped out to me is the fact that it's directed by Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. I know. Right, they'd say cliffhanger in the th- oh cliffhanger, my God. Die Hard too. It's it's Rennie Harlan directing Pierce Brosnan putting together like an Ocean's Eleven heist team that includes Nick Cannon making racist jokes throughout yes. the trailer <laughs> uh, to to fucking rob Tim Roth. Here's yeah. Here here are my 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 two major thoughts on on this trailer. One uh, is a broader thought that I don't think Pierce Brosnan gets enough credit. And even in my notes, I'm not even entirely sure what I mean by that. I just yeah. feel like he's, <laughs> he seems like a, a nice man who has a sense of humor about himself. And I feel like there's a pantheon of uh, weird older actors who have uh, aged into this this strange realm of being beloved and like charming to a lot of audiences for sticking around so long and and like not being afraid to to laugh at themselves and he is not in that category and it bums me out a little bit yeah that's fair that's fair yeah i don't absolutely i i bet you wish this theory was a little bit more more baked but it's just not i saw him on saturday night live years ago and I was thoroughly charmed by him. And I was like, this guy isn't just one of the worst James Bonds. He's like yeah. he's like a cool, silly dude. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. He, he this is, uh, to, to borrow the language of a, a meme, he completely understood the assignment 
of Mrs. Doubtfire and played it to perfection. And just a guy yeah. who, like, he, he knows, I'm Pierce Brosnan. I look like Pierce Brosnan, and my name is Pierce Brosnan. I'm gonna, I can, I can have fun with that. <laughs> and I just lean don't, hard into this. <laughs> I don't feel like people... I, I think he was, he's ready for funnier and dumber uh, material that just no one uh, has given to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. He uh, he is going to be in Black Adam, uh, so that's going to be a comic book movie. Maybe he can, I don't know, be but, fun in that. He's also good in drama. He was good in um, The Ghost Rider, a movie that people probably shouldn't see because of the director, but it uh, he's he's good in it, and that's just like a thriller drama. Yeah, yeah I don't got, think he, he's bad. He got to play uh, Will Ferrell's crotchety dad in uh eurovision oh yeah he was great in that. yeah yeah and he was he was uh delightful and surprising in uh world's end yeah yeah, yeah. i th- i think he's just he just works you know like mm-hmm. he he's just i'm looking at what he's done he just doesn't stop he's got a he's like doing like four or five movies a year sometimes uh so i think he just takes what's given to him and he and he kills it every time and sometimes those things are really good movies. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. Uh, um, the other detail. By the way, this movie. Go ahead. Oh, go on. No, it's a tangent. I was just. I was just going to say this movie is written by the writer of the Negotiator. Oh wait, no, I read that wrong. Not the Negotiator, but this Lego the movie. Of e- yeah. Well, actually, one Lego of the Batman. writers did. One of the writers did the Lego movie Masters of Flight. So yes. Ah. Um, but the other writer did. Um, uh, uh, assault, ultraviolet, uh, equilibrium, the Thomas Crown Affair, hey. and adapted Sphere. Oh, that's so, a real, that's a real shame. It's a real roller coaster yeah. there. Yeah, Sphere is one Mostly, of those movies that I can't tell if it sucks shit and I'm wrong or if it rules. It's I it's a little bit Sphere. of it's a little bit of both. Well, it's okay. it's more of the it's more of the the former. Yeah. Yes. It's more a terrible film, but also as, as it is fascinating to watch. <laughs> yeah. As someone who loves Sphere, I recognize that it's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely know but, it's not it's not enjoyably bad and it's not recommend to another person good. But I don't yeah. I don't have any bad feelings for that movie. That's fair. It's it's one of the few movies to feature Huey Lewis in a speaking role. Mm-hmm. The other being the movie Duets. Yes. Back, and back to the I think Future. That's it. Back to the Future. Oh, that's yeah, true, he does. Yeah, he does speak in the cameo. Yeah. So there's that. I don't know. But yeah, more Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Uh, this looks. I mean, the Rennie Harlan thing is enough for me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have yeah, to see this. this. This looks like a 90s movie uh, with all the positive and negative connotations that that carries with it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. It also, this is one of those movies that, that comes out every once in a while, never like a big major splash of a movie, but uh, it is a chilling reminder um, of just how uh, sort of fragile the differences between a movie being great and a movie being forgettable and terrible and average. Like if you, you can describe this movie where it's, uh, an action movie with a bunch of, with a guy who's getting the team back together again to rob some bank to do some heist X, and you can tell me it's got Rennie Harlan who's got a pedigree, 
And you could tell me it's got Pierce Brosnan. That's a real actor. Tim Roth. Holy shit. He doesn't work all the time. That's a real guy. Nick Cannon. All right. Why not? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You get a lot of these things that are, that are like archetypes that are familiar to plenty of great movies, plenty of my favorite movies. And when you look at a page with all these ingredients on it, you're like, yeah, I can see how this is going to be a great movie. And then, uh, you know, I'll withhold my final judgment until I actually see it, but I'm pretty sure it won't be. And that's the kind of thing that, like, really scares me as someone who one day would like to write movies. Is like, you can get a lot of the ingredients lined up, but, like, there's something about this that that is, you know, off-brand Sprite. There's something about this that that, that is RC Cola instead of Coke that you can't quite put your finger on, but, like... I believe everyone who signed on to it was like, yeah, this has all of the ingredients for one of those movies that people like. I have no reason to think that this is going to fall apart. And then there's that whatever that je ne sais quoi is that just doesn't hold things together the right way that puts this in the bargain bin instead of on the big screen. Right. Because whatever it is, like it, it's I think that's the thing about all these movies we're talking about is there. Nobody, for the most part, no one single-handedly, like, ruins a movie. It's just you get all these elements. And then, because some of the best movies have dumb screenplays. Like, it doesn't matter if one element is dumb. If it all comes together correctly, you can make something really good. Yeah, I've definitely had that fear recently, uh, optioning off something I wrote, where it's like, this can go so many directions, and you have no control over that. If you're uh, if you're the screenwriter of this, or if you're like the uh, the seventh male lead, or something like that, just like some partner right. that's that's not going to be on the top of the poster or anything, and your agent is buzzing you, and it's like Rennie Harlan's going to direct it, and you're like, holy shit, he's actually made movies before, and you're like, Pierce Brosnan, right. Pierce Brosnan's in it, <gasps> Tim Roth is in it, holy fucking shit, Nick Cannon, he's per- like he's he's got he's been famous for decades nick cannon he's he's filling the role of like the funny comedic relief sidekick this is we're we're really gonna do it i'm i'm looking at all these different elements that make me think like my life is gonna change this movie is is you know on a train to success and and uh and i just don't think that's happening hypothetical seventh male lead right well i think it's also heist movie heist movie is kind of a genre that we're not feeling right now yeah unless it's a zombie heist movie like it needs it clearly we need something else with it i don't know uh i just remembered the fact that uh they made an exorcist movie and they they gave it to the the writer of fucking taxi driver he made a movie (laughs) and then they said you know what give it to rennie harlan (laughs) and that's what they did didn't they They sure did that's the most wild fucking thing in, in the world. <laughs> I forgot Why fucking... Why would they do that? I forgot Paul Schrader wrote that. Yeah, he made the first cut of it. I've seen both versions. Um, I will say, neither of them are that good, to be honest. Uh, but whatever. I th- That was another movie where it's like, how is this not working? Like, there's something fundamentally... like it, That must have been with the studio. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> we should probably move on. Yeah, let's talk about Siberia. Uh, Willem Dafoe, just a movie about Willem Dafoe just doing, you know, I the stuff he yeah, does. Yeah, right, like all I got from this trailer was Willem Dafoe in an Abel Ferreira movie, and it's like, I don't, yeah. I can't glean any other information from this trailer. Absolutely same. The only Looks thing like he's speaking to okay. wolves at one point, yeah. I don't know. 
Can I, here, let me clear this up. I looked up the synopsis, so I'm going to clear it up right now. Official synopsis, an exploration into the language of dreams. Uh-huh. So I Perfect. hope that clears it up. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That's a, there's a fellow who works a whole lot. Willem? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he must just really love acting, he, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like Dave was saying about Pierce Brosnan. He's just one of those actors that's just in like five movies a year. Yeah, he loves he loves doing uh, uh, bizarre art house shit, and he loves like riding uh, 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 sharks. Yeah, in superhero movies, like it's just whatever whatever you give him, he'll yeah. do it. Yeah, he's like I'll do Antichrist and then Aquaman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Antichrist, of course, the movie that famously he needed a stunt penis for. Tell him why, Dave. His regular- Tell him why. His regular penis was described as confusingly large. <laughs> uh, yep. By his, Lars von Trier. I was about to say his dick was so big it it frightened Lars von Trier. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. That's a pedigree. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at he has like ten upcoming projects. Yeah, he doesn't stop. He will be the last actor. Yeah, just ever. Fine it's just it. gonna be Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> He loves this sort of bullshit, though. I've seen, like, what is it? 444, Last Day on Earth. Weird art house one about the end of the world. Like, he uh, he loves these weird, artsy, like, they, they're like student films. Yeah. But then with Willem Dafoe. Uh, so I, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. I'd like to, if I ever see him on the streets in New York or something like that, I want to be like, oh, man, you'd be perfect for this thing I'm working on. It's, it's uh, a meditation on dreams. And then he'll say yeah. yes, and then we've got we've got a picture. It doesn't matter that I didn't write it yet. I don't think yeah. he cares. Um, just start filming no. it. For the record, I just looked this up. Uh, the director of Last Day on Earth uh, directed Siberia. So All right. well, there you that, go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that explains a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I know this is about a. It's about a bartender who has a bar in Siberia who takes a trip to a cave. That was the most I could figure out when I was looking into this movie so i think there is a plot but i think it's like is it in his head is it real kind of thing uh who who the hell can say yeah fair yeah all right well next trailer this is um american trader the trial of axis sally this starring mitch pelleggi this is another one that fits perfectly into that category of movie that Daniel was talking about a few minutes ago with that Pierce Brosnan one. Cause this has, it's got a courtroom. It's got, Pac- it's got Nazis. It's got Al Pacino, Al Pacino in a fucking Nazi courtroom drama. And it, yeah. it looks like it, it's like, it's like being put out by like magnet entertainment and red box media. It's like, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I think Al Pacino is no longer, a guarantee that your movie's good, right? Oh, He's he has Willis. He hasn't been that for a long, long time. Yeah. But it's fucking Al Pacino it's, versus But it's still Skinner. Al Pacino. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but versus Skinner. That's true. They're going to go at it. They're going to have scenes together. Yeah. I, I'm so excited about that. I also, I know this, I don't even know if this is a controversial take or not, but I don't, I think Al Pacino stayed good. I think he picks bad movies because he'll just do everything. Yes, but yeah. I don't think he's he's phoning stuff in or or falling off the way, say, De Niro as no disrespect, 
I mean, what am I talking? Of course, disrespect. That was a disrespectful thing I said. Uh, I th- <laughs> <laughs> but like, I watched uh, The Irishman a couple of times for some reason, and right. one of the things I kept coming back to was like, Pacino is just fucking good. There's no way around it. He's just he's he's smart. He's he's still doing like different kind of new tricks every once in a while, and it was like, yeah, Pacino, you're you're he's, you're a real yeah. a real student of this. Yeah, he's always interesting. Even even when the movie around him is absolute dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he's fantastic. He's yeah. apparently doing um one of his next projects is King Lear. Sure. sure. Uh done by the director of uh nineteen eighty four. So that's that'll be a thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's a thing I'll want to watch, but it's definitely a thing. It sounds like a lot of a thing, whatever thing it ends yeah. up being. It's yeah, gonna be a whole does. lot of it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right though, is that uh, Al Pacino always brings it and I don't know right. if that's just because what he brings is this it's kind of the same thing but we love it but it is tr- like he he does he's a, kill it in the Irishman he's he's I it's gonna sound weird to say but he's like him and Nick Cage are kind of the same right like why would yeah. you why would you think that would be weird to say Tom that I don't know. As, as the more the more I think about it, the more perfect of an analogy it becomes. Uh, they're both uh, actors who were extremely prestigious, certainly early on in their career, uh, that have now become notorious for being extremely over the top. Uh, yeah. But every movie that you watch them in, even if it's dog shit, they're still like they they showed up. Like yeah. they're they're yeah. You you paid for Al Pacino or Nick Cage, you're gonna get them. They're there. Yeah. You sit down, you watch Simone, you're like, well, well I got Al Pacino. I, got, I did get Al Pacino for two <laughs> hours. You can't and say I guess, that I didn't. Yeah. I guess the fear is sometimes you're sitting around on set and you're like, you know what's fucked up? I didn't pay for Nick Cage, but he's here. But he's here yes. anyway. He's, he's just acting over there. What do we do? <laughs> I don't know. Point the camera. We got to work. Hit, hit record. <laughs> Somebody record this. <laughs> Paul Giamatti stepped in there for a second. Mm, that's fair. Paul Giamatti brings it too. Yeah, he's another guy. He does. <laughs> he's yeah. like in a lot of uh, strange films, uh, but he's yeah. always good. A lot of duets. God, that movie. <laughs> Dan, have you seen duets? No. It, you Holy seem to have shit. a real s- strong reaction to it tonight, though. It. Um, Don't tell him anything. I, just go. Watch I encourage it. you to just watch <laughs> duets cold right. without reading anything about it. Yeah. And enjoy yourself. I will. You know? All right. Uh, let's talk about this West Side Story trailer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, like, so, like, a lot of people, I really love Steven Spielberg uh, mm-hmm. and West Side Story. I like Steven Spielberg. He makes, like, two... He has two speeds, in my opinion. He makes, like, grown-up movies for kids, which I love. And he makes movies so uh, fathers... And their adult sons have something to talk about at family gatherings, which has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. When there's a strange silence at Thanksgiving, and I'm just like, Bleh. "Bridge of Spies, huh, yeah, Dad? Oh, Bridge of Spies." <laughs> I was about to make that exact same reference. Bridge of Spies, what a picture! What a picture! <laughs> so it's been very He's... helpful in my in my life to have Spielberg doing his thing, uh, and I love West Side Story. It's one of my like early favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm watching this trailer. It looks like West Side Story. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. I don't think Steven Spielberg 
is horny enough to make this movie. <laughs> he's de- he's is... definitely emphasizing different things. Yes. For sure. That is a good point. Uh, I don't know. It, it, like, was he ever that horny? No. Steven Spielberg? No, not really. He, the horniest he ever was was, I'd say, Indiana Jones, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, and even that Or E.T. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Jaws is a little horny. Um, man, yeah, yeah, he's not that horny. Mm-mm. He's not, and Lincoln. like, and and West Side's not. Nah, he was, he was, yeah, wasn't horny at all in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not hot yet. What gives? <laughs> but um, the, uh, but, uh, and not that. And like, I want to make a, a clear distinction: is that like, I don't need every movie to have a sex scene or anything like that, and I don't need people to be filmed in a way that is like, like pure objectification or anything like that. Uh, I just mean he's not horny enough. I hope that cleared things up. And West Side Story uh, is a great many things, but it's also a horny story. It's, it's Romeo and Juliet, and it's and it's like it's the, the heat is an essential part of it. It's 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 so fucking hot. It's hot enough that 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 you want to murder a whole other race about it. Like that's your thing. Right. That's that's how fucking hot it gets, and everyone's just like sweaty and uncomfortable in their bodies. And and some people get so hot that it becomes violent, and some people get so hot that it's just it's just horny. And 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 uh, uh, that's pretty integral to the to the whole deal. And I don't know if if. Spielberg, Has, I won't speak to anything going on in his private life, but I don't know if he's got, like, a real... He hasn't so far shown that he can, like, truly represent horniness on screen, in my opinion. He doesn't even... Yeah, he doesn't even do love stories. This kind of reminds me of when Lucas did the prequels and had to deal with, like, a huge love story thread, and it became very clear that Lucas didn't know how humans worked. Yeah. And, like, it, it is kind of similar, where I can't think of another movie he's done that's dealt with that kind of subject. I mean, he's great of creating these emotional experiences. Like that's the thing. He's kind of the Al Pacino of directing where it's like, you always know you're going to get something great. Yeah. Even if it's a bad movie, Um, there's going to be at least one shot or one sequence where you're like, that's really good. So for that reason, I'm excited for this, but you're right at that. Like, it could be a miss. I mean, he's had misses before. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. He is. He's very good at like, I th- I don't know, like, because he's really good at having genuine moments in his films, human yeah. moments. Yeah. Uh, but he's never really dealt with a love story that I can think of. Yeah. I definitely. I, I, I love his movies, and I don't want to come down too hard on them. It, again, it's just the horny thing, because I do think he understands humans, and he really knows how to make me feel a lot of things. I don't think he's an alien. I would go... I The alien director who's so far from horny, he's an alien to me. Like, the goat of that is always going to be Christopher Nolan, where, like, any kiss yes. that I've ever seen in a Chris Thousand Nolan movie, percent. I was like, man, did someone put a gun to your head and make you force Joseph Gordon-Levitt to, to kiss someone in this film? Jesus. It's okay. You don't like when men and women touch yeah. each other. It's fine. You don't have to put it in your movies, buddy. Nolan might be an android. Like uh, he's he the, has to be. He has. To he's be. the director that where like if they came out and they're like, look, he's an algorithm we made up. This is an actor uh, for his public appearances. Who be like, oh, yeah. that all makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, it would. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's he's, yeah. he's more of a brand than he is a filmmaker. 
Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You you might. I think you're right. I'm still gonna. I'm still very excited. Oh, for I'm this. still gonna watch it. I mean, my oh, big hang up is it's it's you know it's it's been delayed for a while, obviously because of the pandemic and then the 20th Century Fox merger. Uh, Disney almost killed this project, I think. Oh. Wow. Because they almost cut, I think every Fox movie that was in production after wow. the merger. Wow. I believe even so. Spielberg, they're like, I don't know. It's Disney, Steven. man. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't. Um, is this his first musical? I don't believe so, but I have I'm not positive. Cuz that alone is exciting because again, he's a really good visual director and musicals need that. It's kind of like when Scorsese made the uh that kids movie. Um, Hugo. Which I'm Hugo, where it was like, "Oh, I can't freaking wait to see that." Uh because it's it's a combination of two things that I think would go really well together. Spielberg and musicals feel like it goes really well together too. Yeah, the I only don't, I don't, thing I can think of is I can't think of Temple any other... of Doom's opening. Yeah, That's it. I can't think of. <laughs> I any don't other, believe that uh, counts. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of any other musical he's done. I think no, this I, is I, it. I yeah. can't either, off the top of my head. The uh, the yeah. the bummer is that the lead is Ansel Elgort. Okay, yeah, I wanted to to bring that up because I I don't I I love Baby Driver and this is like such a shallow and 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 shitty thing to say. I don't think he's uh, ugly necessarily. I think he's got a just a strange look that I oh. think mm. is is weird, and and uh, he's kind of I guess supposed to be like he's definitely supposed to be a heartthrob in this movie, but I, but I, I uh, it doesn't make sense to me when I uh, I mean in for a penny in for a pound. Look at him. <laughs> Well, that, that that wasn't the direction I was going, and he has uh, mm, he's a he's a sex creep. Oh, oh he is. Yeah, there it is. He's There's a, his he's, Wikipedia. He's a sex creep. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Well then. Oh yeah. Well then. And it's it's a situation. The whole movie. I think that was probably it. Must have been a discussion because it was delayed even further after the merger. Um, and it's not it's not a uh, Christopher Plummer situation. Um, <laughs> Were like, oh, what if they? What? What if? Well, I mean, what it's if? you know because they were get, able to get Christopher in there. Yeah, f- fucking, fucking, ta- bring him back, tag him in. dig him yeah. up. Tag him in. <laughs> um, no, uh, it, it Ridley. What I'm talking about is, I think, what was it called? All the money in the world, something like that. Um, there was a movie a couple of years ago where Kevin Spacey played a, uh, a supporting role. Uh, yeah, that that Getty uh, picture. Yeah. Th- yes. Uh, yeah, he played J. Yeah. Um, that Getty and, picture. I'm from 1938, by the way. That Getty picture. Yeah, <laughs> ah, you know Kevin Spacey in that Getty picture. Ah. Yeah, they got Kevin Spacey in there. Use your computers <laughs> to wizard him out of there and replace him with Christopher Plummer. Um, so that's what they did. Uh, Kevin Spacey, uh, a lot of terrible allegations came up, so they just replaced him with Christopher Plummer, and it's because he was only in a few scenes they were able to do that. This dude is in the entire movie, so you can't yeah. really do that. <laughs> Also, I guess Baby Driver, real hard rewatch now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, already a hard rewatch, now really hard yeah, rewatch. Yeah, it's, like, really tough. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah. So I, they they uh, really kind of bury him in this trailer, I think. Yeah. And they focus more on the setting and, like, the mood of West Side Story than any of the ac- uh, than any of the characters, at least not him. So yeah. I think they're maybe trying to hide it. I don't know. Right. Hide the fact that their main character yeah. is this guy. I yeah, mean, like, because I didn't even notice him in the trailer yeah. until you pointed him out. Yeah. 
I mean, they could do whatever they want in the trailer. When people get to the to the movie, they're gonna mm-hmm. see Tony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna see him. Yeah, I'll just it's be gonna come out. I'll be cheering even harder for Chino. Yeah, <laughs> when he fucking shoots him in the end. Spoilers, Spoilers for West Side Story. <laughs> Spoilers, Tom. Uh, all right, let's talk about our final trailer. We waited last because we knew everybody, you know, was waiting for it. Ape versus monster. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did you, you guys excited? Why did you do this? You know what I, I know, you know what, what I thought when I watched uh, King Kong and Godzilla. What'd you think? I th- I I thought uh, too subtle. Let's just yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we boil this down to its components and just make it ape versus monster? Versus and then like, thank God monster. someone did. I love that they didn't even try. With their no. title. It's asylum. What are they gonna do? Ape versus I don't know monster. Yeah. Like there was one one draft, an earlier draft of this movie was a thousand percent called Ape versus Lizard, and they're like, yes. we can't call yeah. it that. Yeah. Uh, people people, about people won't know the giant. <laughs> what if we say monster? There you go. I have a yeah, pre- pictures oh. now. First of all, I just looked up the cast. Eric Roberts is in this. Yeah, movie. you see I thought I saw him. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Eric Roberts, good for Listen. you. <laughs> you get on in there. You yeah, get man. in eight versus monster. I will say, is Asylum? This was. Oh, a, sorry. You, your thing. This is a very. I compared this to Misfits in my head a lot because uh, this is such a, uh, apart from the special effects, very competently made trailer. Because I thought Misfits had a lot of the parts of what what a good movie could be, but I'm watching the trailer and I'm just like, the pacing of this trailer is wrong. It's a heist movie with recognizable people. This should be a walk in the park, but like, I don't know, it's two and a half minutes or whatever. It certainly felt long. And then Ape versus Monster, just like... These, you are hitting the beats of a trailer for this kind of movie. Uh, I'm not fooled. You know, it it, it, it very, mm-hmm. very much feels like children made a fake movie trailer for a school project. But, like, mm-hmm. you've seen enough trailers that you know how to cut one together. And you know what lines to land on for it. Um, yeah, I guarantee this and probably well, i mean I'm, I'm pretty sure that this and most other asylum movies they write it trailer first oh yeah. that makes so much sense they write they write the trailer based on trailer beats and then they just put, fucking put the rest because they know the trailer is what's going to get people to rent the movie these movies yeah. live on you know people just seeing the the title and being like yeah let's rent ape versus monster that'd be funny it I always thought it was uh, it was like based on ex- people who are so drunk they can't quite see well, and they accidentally pick it. I, I mean, <laughs> um, I'm sure that's probably a factor, but I I know like yeah. ironic watching is also something yeah. they absolutely they, factor in. They they dumb down their effects, don't they? Because I was watching these effects and I'm they like, these afford, are bad. They could afford better ones than. I mean, the, yeah. the effects are are they're bad, but they're perfectly serviceable. Yeah. They're good for the 90s. Like yeah. this is the I mean, they're, better than the movie Spawn. Yeah, they're but like they're good enough so that it's like you can still tell what's but, going on and it doesn't look completely stupid. I just it, it occurred to me watching I was watching what we do in the shadows, the TV show. Hell yeah. And they have an ogre in a scene or oh, sorry, a troll. And the special effects is like better than Jurassic Park and it was like how amazing is it that like a a, a TV like 
a sitcom, comedy. a 30-minute sitcom. That, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just looking at this, I'm like, surely they have the ability. You know, like commercials have better it's, effects than this. Yeah. They must know, like, no, don't. That it's part of the point, you know. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. They also, I'm pretty sure, because they they crank out dozens of these. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's probably just a, a formula that somebody has. Like, we can only spend X amount of money on this movie for it to be profitable. So there right. is a firm ceiling on our special effects. Yeah. Uh, eight versus I mean, monster, man. What eight do you versus want? monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um. Oh, all right. Well, let's move out of trailers then. Let's talk about uh, news stories. But first, we have some more patrons to thank. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Thank you to E.T., the extrav- extravagant terrestrial. Uh, thank you to, go to Cody Johnston's time machine noise. Of course. Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Pete for Pagel. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Glitterus. Thank you, Glitterus. Uh, thank you to thanks for having Jason Pargin on. Here's 25 bucks. Woo. Thank you for that. Thank you to the Midnight Patron with Patrons at Midnight. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you to Andrew. Andrew, how? How? Thank you to Vincent. Uh, thank you to Rev MD. Thank you very much. All right. Well, let me uh, let me let me jump on in here. Thank you to John Munez. Thank you to Wavy Rancheros. Thank, thank you. Thank you to Dr. DNA. Oh, he's a thank doctor. You. That's exciting. Yeah, it's moving on up. Uh, Lauren Gucci, thank you. Thank you to James Rainey. Bootler Bootlison, couldn't have done it without you. Thanks to Grumblebee. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to Tux. Tux. Ricky Cilantro, thank you. Thank and you. thanks to Norm from Cheers. Norm. 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 So the Oscars. Um, yeah. yeah, I completely missed I... them. Did anybody watch them? No. no. Did you, Dan? I did not watch them. Uh, I, I don't even know who won. I know Anthony Hopkins won. That's the only one I know. <laughs> I, I yeah, that's 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 certainly the one to know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I had other things going on on that Sunday, so I was just not interested in watching the Oscars. And uh, my only engagement with it was a a buddy of mine who's like a a, a full blown degenerate gambler was like. Gave me a list of who, gambling-wise, were odds-on favorites for a lot of these things. And he was like, do you have any take for someone who will upset the odds-on favorite? And I said, Francis McDormand's going to win. And he made a nice little payout from that. That's my sole involvement with the Oscars, is helping a gambler make money on right. one one race in this, in this whole... Uh, yeah. And, like, that's a really... E- like, that's a... That's a good bet. Francis yes, McDormand, yeah. of course she's going to win. Yeah. Uh, I haven't even seen Nomadland. That's the winner of Best Picture. I need to see it. I've been wanting to see it. It's just very gray, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, oh, this is going to take a lot out of me. I felt that way about a lot of movies this year where, where and and shows mm-hmm. too that just look gray and, and depressing. And it's like, yeah, I guess I guess I could watch Nomadland. No one is smiling at any of these trailers. I I yeah. I I need someone to. I'm gonna just watch Minari again because sometimes people smile. Let's do that. I have to watch Minari. Um, I saw Mank. I saw Judas and the Black Messiah. I saw Sound of Metal, and I saw The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I'm very happy that didn't get anything. Uh, that's the one that is just like, what are you doing? What do you do in Trial of the Chicago Seven? <laughs> what, what is, is your, I, uh, Speak on that because I I'm. I, Did you see it? I, I uh, let's see. 
what's the best what's the best way into this reveal <laughs> how many times do you think i saw it this year oh okay four that's correct yeah well, I re- well here's the thing i really thought you were gonna guess like a normal number but four no no i i acknowledge that four is too many times to see a movie that's not my favorite movie in a single year but Here's the thing about Sorkin. That's a, that's a uh-huh. lot of times. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank, thank, I, you, thank you, Tom. I needed some acknowledgement that what I did was weird and bad and wrong. That is well, too okay, many times to watch an Aaron Sorkin movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, all right, I've watched The American President probably once every six months movie in rules. my life. Yeah, because Sorkin is he's political fantasy, and like I love that. Um, and that's the thing. The Trial of Chicago 7... Is like a Sorkin parody. The ending 30 seconds made me burst into laughter. Oh, hell yeah. Because it was so Sorkin. And that's what I mean is that, like, I do enjoy watching Sorkin. I don't think he needs an award. No. Um, I, I, I think he <laughs> makes kind of schlocky political things. And that's that's the thing is that, like, he can be enjoyed. I enjoy a lot of what he does with that knowledge of, like, this is so idealistic and, and naive uh, most of the time, the yeah. stuff that he does. That's all. I agree. And I, th- I think there are plenty of things that he's very bad at writing. And uh, yeah. if you suggest that, then he's just going to try to prove you wrong. And it's really embarrassing and bad. But I think Chicago 7 was uh, pretty much right in his lane of like, let me get... Let's let's get uh, too many very bright white men to give speeches one after the other, and then someone was like, you know, there's actually a uh, like like famously a person of color involved in this too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let me get rid let's, of him uh, pretty quickly, let's, let's not hear from and him. then go back to the to yeah. the thing that I'm good at. And it's like, yeah, Aaron Sorkin writing important white men with important white ideas giving very long speeches. That is exactly what he's great at. And yep. uh, I'm not going to pretend that I don't fall for it every time he does it. Because he... he yes. He is very highfalutin, and he and, and it is fantasy sequence. It, it's, it's always like, wouldn't it be great if people talked like this? And mm-hmm. there's a part of it that's like, yeah, that would be great if people talked like this. And, and wouldn't it be great... If a speech was enough to change people's minds, it's like, yeah, it would. I think that's really neat, and I know it's unrealistic, but it, but like I I'm I'm a, a a a dumb idealistic child in his in his stupid fucking high horse hands, and and I'm just a sucker for it, and I love it. I, yeah, I like a guy uh, giving uh, a speech, and then the other guys are like, his speech was better than my he's speech. Right. He wins. Yeah. He yeah. wins today. I d- I d- I I agree. It's just that, like, if someone was, like, like, when you look at these uh, Best Picture nominees and you also see Judas and the Black Messiah, it's just mm-hmm. like, no, that, that's the one oh, to yeah, watch. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to watch anything about, like, protest and, 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 you know, the law and dealing with this sort of stuff, it's like, go, go ahead and do that one. Uh, because that's going to give you a more... I don't know, realistic portrayal. It's definitely a great, uh, a great companion piece when uh, Chicago seven ends with Frank Langella banging that gavel and screaming for order while the whole world claps in his claps. face and yeah. doesn't listen to him and like celebrates this great progressive liberal victory. And it's like, 
Okay, that was fun. Did you like that? And then, We're putting on yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah now. Now you have to watch yeah. this. Yeah. It was like, yeah, this was like 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's the thing. That ending of Chicago 7 didn't happen. I looked it up to make sure. <laughs> like, I knew it didn't happen. I knew it didn't happen, but I looked it up, and it didn't happen of course at all. It didn't and it's happen. like, of course not. Uh, yeah, it literally ends with, and then everybody cr- clapped. <laughs> it's like, I can't fucking yeah. believe this. Can I ask um, you? Uh, also, Sound of Metal, people should watch. Sound of Metal That's rules. a great movie. Uh, can yeah. I ask you uh, a screenwriter question? Sure. Does it bug you that Aaron Sorkin just, like, literally repeats himself? I don't. Th- I- I'm totally fine and here for artists who, like, thematically. And ideologically repeat themselves, and like Fitzgerald can tell the same story over and over again with different names, and I'm fine with that. But there are like actual lines of dialogue that Sorkin repeats, and it's in a I I I don't really know how to feel about it or why. You mean like repeats himself from movie to movie, right? Not in the same movie. Oh yes, forgive me. Yes, from movie to movie, and from 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 show to movie too. Like there are Mm -hmm. like the. this one features a um, woman from Succession saying uh, that thing about French people and their eggs, because one egg is enough. Uh, that's like a, a cheesy joke that they tell in the movie that is also a line from West Wing. And there are, I think, like three or four other lines from this movie that Sorkin has repeated in his, uh, his other works throughout time. And like you can find... Sorkinisms as like collected together in helpful YouTube uh, compilations, yeah. Yeah. and it's There's just a, a thing that like comps, yeah. I don't know. I like if uh, a director is sort of subtly winking at one of his properties. I feel a little strange when it's when it's like literally a line of dialogue that is just being repeated right. over and over again. Uh, and I, 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 I guess I'm just curious about about both of your thoughts on this. I think it could it be one of two things like sometimes I think um certain writers do it. I think Kevin Smith does it often where it's like it's all the same universe in their mind mm-hmm. and they like repeating jokes or like doing homages almost. Um but they like Kevin Smith usually doesn't repeat jokes. Well, no, that's not true. He absolutely does. <laughs> but like um sometimes it's like throwaway lines here and there. And I think sometimes it's it feels like ego. Other times I wonder if that they're just they've written so much. Yeah. That like like I think about writing articles that cracked and it's like surely I repeated jokes I without know, even thinking about it. I know for it. a fact I I must have yeah. repeated jokes by now. Yeah. yeah. I think we all have probably done it. But yeah, I think I've made tweets where I'll do searches right before I send the tweet and realize that I tweeted it already like 2 years ago and be like, "Oh, okay, never mind." I guess it's possible he for, he forgets. There's something, like, there's a line, uh, I don't know if it's in Chicago 7, I can't remember, but it's someone talking to another person and says, don't talk to me like I'm other people. And it's, it's like, famously used in the West Wing between the president and the first lady, and it's it's a line that really resonated with me, because I think it's a good line. I, th- I, I think it speaks to, like, an intimacy that two people share that uh, that does a lot of work with those characters that I, I really appreciated. And when I hear it pop up in a bunch of his other properties, I, th- I, I genuinely think like, did he think so too? Like, did he write down, don't talk to me like I'm other people. And then just like, oof, that's good. I'm not going to just burn it once. 
I'm going to yeah. get some mileage yeah, yeah. out of this one. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And they just assume like, yeah, no one's paying it that much attention yeah. or something. I guess there's no, <laughs> there's no law against it. There's no law that says Aaron Sorkin's not allowed to like reuse lines of his that he likes. Just seems yeah, weird. I, yeah. I, he's the one that I've noticed it the most with just because there are so many different YouTube uh, compilations that just show them back to back. You're like, wow, this is pretty egregious. <laughs> um, but I, I tend to not really, I don't get upset at artists for repeating themselves because primarily because I recognize that kind of, we all do it. I like, I know I've done it. I must have. Um, so I, I try not to get too, upset's not even the right word. I try not to be yeah. too critical of that, uh, even though I do think it's very funny that Aaron Sorkin, of all people, is extremely guilty of this. Yeah. Right. Um, and we just keep giving him Oscar nominations. <laughs> it's like he's, he's like 40% he's of the script he wrote, for... yeah, like 10 years ago on The West yeah. Wing. <laughs> he's nominated for original screenplay. Original screenplay. This was nominated. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I we we seem like we've this uh, the things that won and stuff it all feels pretty proper like all the things that won seem like they deserve to win so that's good except Tenet won best special effects and I don't know sure what should I have guess? what should have won best special effects I that's that's I'm not sure honestly uh, it's just Tenet didn't strike me as having many visual effects it doesn't uh, by Nolan's admission. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have very many Not visual effects. Not even practical effects. It's a stunt movie mm -hmm. uh, more than anything. So, like, they just, like, reverse the film a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, shit, I can do that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, Mulan's on there. That's the only other one I saw. So yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll vote for Mulan. Uh, <laughs> Mulan didn't look that great either. <laughs> yeah. Sound of Metal got all the technical, like, sound and editing. As well and it that, have, yeah. that checks out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ma Rainey got um, makeup and hairstyling. Mank got cinematography, and it's like, yep, perfect. Yeah. Um, Ma Rainey also got the costume design. Like that's what I mean in terms of technical awards. For the most part, they all got what they deserved. And um, I wish I could speak on directing and best picture because I haven't seen those that movie. Right. So, but I have to. Soul got animated film. Yeah. Sure. Because of course it did. Yeah. The it's. I do always like when there there are like surprising moments. I don't know why, but it's uh I mean I do know why surprise is fun. But the yeah. for everything else that happened in the award in the award ceremony, the fact that they very clearly structured this award ceremony different than any any Academy Awards that I can remember because they really thought we're going to close with Chadwick Boseman winning this award and there's going to be yeah. a moving tribute to him and that's like the great the greatest way we we could conceive of ending this thing and then no show Anthony Hopkins wins surprising everybody and then we end with Joaquin Phoenix being like he's not here we're accepting on his behalf okay uh everyone get home safe and then Questlove is like yeah everyone uh this was fun thanks for thanks for coming out goodbye it's it's yeah. like we can we can talk till we're blue in the face about like who actually should have won the award. I don't know where everyone lands on that idea, but just the 
at a concept level, they made the plan because they thought the awards were going to go one way, and then they didn't go that way. And then we got some, this, like, one-of-a-kind, very uh, natural and organic moment, mm-hmm. I guess, in in a, 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 a genre of entertainment that, that doesn't really have spontaneous, real, organic moments anymore. It's perfect because, like... You know you made a mistake. He's I like him as an actor, but you know you've made a mistake where you're left with Joaquin Phoenix on stage talking, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, oh, no. yeah. we got Joaquin on stage because yeah. he is every speech he gives, he's like an awkward weirdo. Yeah, it's uh, really like he's. Let's make sure who do we want on stage last? Who's like a born showman who loves the glitz and glamour of award ceremonies? Who can we get? Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. That's that's yeah. guy. Remember, remember his rambling yeah. best actor acceptance speech from last year yeah. when he equated uh, eating meat to racism. Yeah, let's get yeah. him back up there to talk more some of more. that. Yeah, I mean that's good. I I still the winner for me is when La La Land. Yeah, because <laughs> that was just like perfect for me. Because La La Land represented that's the other side of the Oscars where it's them all patting themselves on the back. Not that that's necessarily a bad movie. But like you know, Mank was this year's La La yeah. Land, where it's like Hollywood, we're the best. It's the and that get, getting fucking just stopped in its tracks for Moonlight, and it was like fuck, that is cathartic. It's it's the greatest thing in the world that the 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 producer who gave the speech for La La Land and like and like I don't want to hold much against him because I don't know what I would do in that moment if I saw the envelope and realized that I didn't win. Yeah. but like I probably wouldn't give my planned speech. And that's so funny to me. It's so funny that he did his acceptance speech and then closed with, oh, by the way, we didn't win. It would have been amazing if they try, they like grabbed the awards, tried to get out of the building as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Just race them over to the engraver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, f- we have one other news story. I knew we were going to talk about the Oscars for a while. Citizen Kane lost its fresh rating. Yeah, whatever. This was just trending for a while. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, Tell me, it's does that uh, matter? No, <laughs> not, at not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> it's extremely funny. Also, I, I will say they deserved it because it was an 80-year-old review. It wasn't like some new critic. They just like went back and was like, oh, we missed one. All right. <laughs> never mind and it's like i i guess what it is is i i really like i hope that i get i doubt the reviewer is still alive but like good for them good for that one person who is like it stinks fuck it dave nobody oh my gosh (laughs) i don't think anybody who was involved with that movie is still alive yeah i know that's why i said tom that's why i said i doubt it it was 80 years ago i highly doubt it okay Okay, Tom. Oh, I man. don't know. What if the review was ten? I mean, that's true. I fucking how long did Kirk Douglas? He's a hundred shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking, we're getting into that Star Trek world where people are like a hundred and twenty. We're getting there, but yeah, that's uh, what a what a great job as a critic. I don't know. That's uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for that critic. Sure, that's all. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, well, that's it for stories. we got some more producers to thank. Let's do oh, it. Shit, yeah. Yeah, uh, thank you to Space McNulty. Ooh. Thank you very much. Thank you to Hiram. Wait, I have to pause this. You know what sucks shit? What's that? What sucks shit? Is that we have a shared Google Doc that we look at for, with that has all the topics, and Space McNulty, 
shows up under the heading movies that deserve more hype. So I thought there was some oh. kind of space McNulty movie. <laughs> there That's is. A it's shame. called John Carter. <laughs> and also oh, briefly man. Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's that right. is two space. He, he is in Phantom Menace for about two seconds. That is a shocker. It, too, it, it when really because he gets he, they show him like he's framed up as like a featured extra for one shot. So yeah. it's like they want you to see fucking McNulty in space and Phantom it's Menace. Shocking. You know what blew my it's mind recently is is a uh, Maya Rudolph pops up as a cop in As Good as It Gets. Whoa! Oh wow! I haven't seen that movie since 1996. Oh man, yeah, that movie awesome. Also has a. Uh, it's got Skeet Ulrich in there too. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Kennedy Beat, is his drugged out buddy, beating yeah. up Greg Kinnear and robbing him. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird movie. That movie awesome. is buck wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to watch it. Now. James L. Yeah. Brooks, right? Great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway. Yeah. Hiram, thank you to Hiram, thank you to Oh Great, it's that guy. Mm. Uh, thank you to Nolan Mayton. Thank you to Normal Man, Andrew McGuire. Mm. Thank you to Ozzy. Thank you to AJ. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Thank you to Frank Lee Amish. Oh, I want to say a few. I want to say a few. I want to thank. Get in there. It. Get in Do there. It. Burrito Mouth. I want to thank Mrs. Voidus. I want to thank the ghost of Dave Thomas. I want to thank Aaron Burr, sir. Always a supporter. I want to thank David Knife Boot. Henson, MBA, CPA. <laughs> I want to thank Christopher. Oh. oh. You go, you go, you do okay. it. You're the guest. I want to thank Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. I want to thank Mackenzie Righteous Hand of the Lizard People Chill. I want to thank Funky J. And I mm-hmm. love to thank Pie Guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. nailed it. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky, longtime supporter. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Dave, Dave. What? Um, what? I'm not going to do this dance this week. Just all right. Just tell us what wanna, tell hey, us what the wanna, goddamn movie is. You want to know? You want to know? I want to know. This is um. What's the movie that oh, deserves man. more hype? This is called Labyrinth of Cinema. Ah. Uh, shout out to shout out to Katie Willard, uh, who who's absolutely going to love this. This is a movie um, that is coming out April twenty seventh on some streaming service I never heard of. Movie. Movie. Yeah. M U B I. It is directed. And in fact, it's the final film directed by, uh, let's pronounce this right, Nobuhiko Obayashi. Nobuhiko Obayashi. Um, otherwise known as the director of Haosu. Uh If anybody knows that film, they know why they need to watch this. Uh, it is a three hour long film. Nope. About a couple of teenagers who travel back in time to Nagasaki before the bomb goes off so that's uh it's gonna be real bad oh sorry no uh hiroshima my bad um so that's that's wild dan have you seen how sue i have not no i'm i mentioned katie willard because she loves how sue um it is a very unique movie uh from the 70s uh it when you watch it you can tell it inspired the likes of like sam raimi uh it's it's uh it's a it's really hard to describe. I would say just look at the trailer. It looks very okay. similar to this trailer. Uh, this is apparently, yeah, again, three hours long. He he made it when he was, after being diagnosed with stage right. four terminal cancer. Right. As I, I'm reading, he made this film as he was actively dying. Yes. Huh. Uh, 
and it's going to be out uh, like now. I just realized April 27th, that's the past. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. earlier yeah. this week. This movie is available. This is available right now. It's Labyrinth a, of Cinema. It's available on, on MUBI, M-U-B-I, which is it, that's yeah. the website that I'm on right now because I've never heard of it in my life. And yeah. uh, I've been tooling around on it since you started talking, and I am not entirely sure what it is. It just yeah. keeps talking about how it has the, the only the best movies. Beautiful, oh, interesting, okay. incredible movies. Yeah. This isn't for everyone. Nor was Hausu. Uh you know. It's it's a it's a pretty batshit movie, but it it's some of the most creative filmmaking uh out there, I think. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of doing really weird stuff. Uh and like again, it feels like it it it, it feels like inspired a lot of directors that people love. Um and so yeah, this is I don't know, this I consider this movie important. Because it's his last film. Okay. And and I don't... Uh, you guys watched the trailer. You probably didn't get much from the trailer in terms of what it's I about. I got... Interesting, because uh, there's a page break where you put this in. You drop in the link, and then you say, without looking the name up, can you guess who directed this? And then there's a page break before you tell us. So I clicked on the trailer and watched it, and I was like, this is the guy that made House. <laughs> 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 like, you can absolutely tell. It looks... Yeah. There's uh, the same kind of uh, surreal quality to it. There's a lot of in-camera stuff. There's a lot of com- weird compositing. Uh, it seems just barely linear, kind of like how Sue was. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like it's gonna. This is gonna be a, a real, a real glorious nightmare of a movie. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't even occur to me that he's still making movies. And that he's making movies with, um, like, modern uh, effects, Mm -hmm. which, from what I've heard of this movie, doesn't look very modern, but of course it doesn't. That's his style. Right. Like, a lot of his effects in Haosu is very, like, Gilliam-esque, like, Monty Python Gilliam animation X, X, where, like, he, instead of having blood, he just, like, paints it onto the frame and stuff like that. Um, But it works really well because it's, it's a consistent style throughout. Yeah. And so I can't wait to see what he does with, like, you know, modern equipment. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of equipment, you can all watch this right now at Mubi.com or on uh, on your very own Moob TV. Or if you don't have Moob TV, you can go to Moob.com and Moobcast it uh, or plug in your Moob stick. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this, th- this silly website. And I know you said a lot of other words. And I'm... Sh- I, 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 I hope you felt good saying them because I am just hung up on movie and nothing else. Well, it, it's one of those where it's like it sounds like a spoof of a streaming service, yes. right? Right. This this sounds like a phishing scam. Yeah. Yes. Um, I yeah, I've never heard of it. I'm sorry to everyone who gets a virus because uh, <laughs> they're trying to watch this movie, but you got to watch it on movie. You can try seven days free according to the website that I just clicked on. Uh, so yeah, check it out. That's that's it. That's my that's my pitch for the labyrinth of cinema. Uh, it seems like an appropriate name considering what the trailer is. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be batshit, guys. It at the good at the very very least. Oh man, um, you can gift folks, movie. Guys, we did it. I can give movie as a as a gift. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. Only twenty nine ninety nine for three months. Fuck off. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Wait, what? Twenty nine ninety nine for three months. Oh, Mooby. Eighty dollars right, well, for wait. a year of Mooby. Wait till this is on Amazon because it will be. I'm sure. Yeah. Good Every, God. Everything ends up on Amazon eventually. It's going around festivals right now, and it, yeah, this is just the soonest you can see it. Uh, is on Mubi. I don't know. Maybe Mubi's amazing. Who can say? I don't want to diss Mubi, you guys. That's yeah. fair. Uh, Mubi yeah. has Ma- Malmkrog. All right. M-A-L-M-K-R-O-G. Came out in 2020. Malmkrog on Mubi. I'm having a fucking all right. blast yeah, that's a, no, learning that's all this stuff today. En- strong endorsement for Mubi. <laughs> Ooh, it does have the Terry Gilliam filled Tideland. So if you want to have a blast watching Tideland, yeah, <laughs> we're 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 preparing our listeners for a very specific afternoon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> watching Tideland and then fucking Labyrinth of Cinema. Uh, oh, that's yeah. a sode. We did it, guys. <laughs> we did it. Oh my goodness. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's such a blast. Yeah, man. Uh, what do you want to tell people, if anything? Uh, if you like, if you're listening to this show, I assume it's because you like podcasts. So you can check out a podcast that I do with uh, my best friend and uh, former coworker. He's a current writer for American Dad, Soren Bowie. Our show is called Ooh. Quick Question with Soren and Daniel. QQ with Sad. It is a tremendous waste of time that we yeah. uh, we secretly love doing. And you can check it out nice. anywhere that podcasts uh, live. Yeah, it's nice. It's good. It's chill. It's, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just a fun time. Yeah. Thanks. So people check it out. Yeah. Um, I guess I should tell people about our Patreon as well. Probably. Right, Tom? Probably. All right. If you go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, you can find exclusive podcasts there. Like Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a maniac and a brand new show. We're doing, um, with the, the gentleman at small beans, uh, Star Trek, the next Futurama. Uh, that is, that is. A shared uh, show between us and Small Beans. We each get an episode a month, so check that out. We also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash Game for the Employer, where you get t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things, so check that out. Uh, yeah. Or don't, I don't know. Do Get that, get your movie subscription. Get your, yeah, everybody get your movies. Oh, yeah, do, you guys, subscription. do you guys ever do like contests or giveaways? I'll, I'll, I'll if Or is there like a stretch goal? I want to gift someone. I want to... <laughs> I want to shell out 80 <laughs> bucks to give someone a year of movie. <laughs> the, f- the first person to tag all three of us in a tweet sharing this episode. <laughs> How's that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100,000%. You're going to get, you're gonna get <laughs> a, the, get a, the, year, a movie, year of movie. And, and if you say something like, that's really generous, but can I just have the $80 that would go to the subscription? No, you cannot. <laughs> You're getting a year of movie, and if you and if you yeah. and if you sass me again, you're getting two. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Enjoy Tideland, you piece of shit. <laughs> All right, uh, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.